0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Have you ever had a bad day? Wow. Anybody have a bad day today? Have you ever had a bad week? Anybody ever have a bad year? Anybody ever, ever have a bad decade? Stop it right now. Come on. <laughs> Work with the pastor. Now, you know, we've all had bad days. Uh, you know, whether it's you get a flat tire or, or how many of you know, like, I mean, this is like really a bad day, like when you can't get Wi-Fi. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah that one hurt, didn't it? And, and I mean, there's bad days that you have and, and different things and scenarios will, will cause you to have a bad day, like, you know, and what from having bad days at times, in fact, Scripture declares that it rains on the just and the unjust alike, which tells us that bad times and bad things happen to good people. Like bad things don't just happen to bad people. Like there are good people in this room and there have been bad things that have happened to you. And it makes me wonder why. Is is it because God is cruel? Is it because God is unjust? No, scripture tells us that we live in a fallen world. That all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when we chose to not follow Christ, when sin entered the world, we live in a broken, fallen world. So that means that whether you are a Christ follower or not, life will touch you at some point in time. Every person in this room, you are one phone call away of falling on your knees and pleading and begging God to come through in your circumstance. You may say, well, then why would I follow God if that's the case? Why do I need God if that's the situation? Well, because Jesus never told us that the journey would not have bumps in the road. All he said is that you will get to your destination and you'll get there and you'll be better. That's what you don't understand. You'll be stronger for it. You'll be a better version of you for it. You see, here's what you don't understand. Is that through the storms of life, when you don't give up, you become stronger than you used to be. You become a stronger version. You become a more faith-filled person. But pastor, why do I need God? I'm going to tell you. The title of today's message is simply this. How to have peace under pressure. Do you see this? How to have peace when you are under pressure. When you're having a bad day. When you are stressed out of your mind. Come on, anybody ever have some pressure? Let me see your hand. Anybody have stress? Oh man, 6 o'clock, I love you because you're honest. The 10 o'clock service, they don't have any stress. We need to find out what they do and where they go and how they live. I'm like, does anybody have stress? And they're like looking around. I'm like, liar. How to have peace under pressure. What's this. This is going to help you so good. The reality of it is in our lives we become people who begin to search for ways to eliminate the pressure out of our life. So we have financial pressure, or you have a relationship pressure, or you have school pressure, or work pressure, or colleague pressure, or or some kind of pressure in your life, and we begin to focus on how do I eliminate the pressure? Can I propose to you that you're focused on the wrong thing? Because the reality of it is that when one pressure leaves, another pressure is going to come. Let me help you out. Someone can say, man, I just need to get this A on this exam. And I feel all this pressure. And God, if you'll just help me get an A on this exam, all the pressure will be gone. And I'll finally have peace. Well, guess what? You pass the exam. But guess what your professor is going to do? They're going to give you another exam. So the secret of life is not trying to eliminate the pressure It's how do we live with the pressure but have peace. And the reason why so many of us don't have peace in our life is because you're not focused in, in, in obtaining peace. You're focused in eliminating pressure and you will never have peace as long as you're trying to eliminate pressure. Because the Bible says, like I told you, we live in a fallen world. The journey can be bumpy at times, but thank God there is a destination. Is there anybody here that you are happy and joyful to know that there is a heaven prepared for people who are following Christ? Where there is no more pain, there's no more sorrow. The Bible tells us that heaven, there's no more disease. There's no more five-year-olds with cancer. There's no more destruction. Come on, there's no more divorce. There's no more heartbreak. There is a destination for people who love God. But listen, until you get there, you can have peace. Yeah, that's right. And I'm preaching this tonight because it kind of agitates me a little bit that God's people don't realize they can have peace even under pressure. Like we believe the lie, like, man, it's going to get rid of this thing. No, Bible, Scripture says this, that people will even hate you because you love God. The Scripture tells us that people will persecute you, that people will abandon you. The Bible says that even in the last days, that sons will turn on fathers and fathers will turn on sons. How many of you know there's sibling rivalry that takes place? Listen, we see that in our culture today. Pastor, I came from for an encouraging message tonight. Man, that's so depressing. (laughs) I came for positivity. Well, I am absolutely positive that you can have peace no matter what pressure you are under. Pastor, how do I have peace under pressure? Here's how you have peace under pressure. Come on, are you ready? When you are following Jesus, you can have peace under pressure when you realize that you are not under the weight of pressure all on your own. But when you invite Jesus into your life and you surrender your heart to God and surrender it to Jesus, all of a sudden Jesus comes up underneath the weight for you. And he says, let me put the pressure on my shoulders. We serve a God who says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. Can I tell you, we serve an undefeated God. He has never lost a battle. He is bad to the bone. And he loves you. And he will fight for you. And he tells you, if you will sell out for me, I will come up underneath the pressure so you can have peace. Somebody shout peace. You see, here's the reality. The reason why you follow God, even though there's going to be tough times, is because when you follow God, he says, you're not walking through the valley alone. You're not going to carry that heartbreak alone. I'm going to heal your heart. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to give you a second chance, and I'm going to pick up the pressure for you. And when God takes the weight off of your shoulders... All of a sudden, you can breathe again and stand up straight again and say, the pressure is still over me, but it's not crushing me. The reason why some of us are struggling so bad with scenarios in our life is because you're trying to hold up the weight of pressure on your own. Can I tell you, you may be able to hold it up for a day, an hour, a week, a month, year but how many of you know pressure is crippling sooner or later it will crush you and God doesn't want pressure to crush you he wants the pressure to come off of you you'll still be under it but it won't be on you Daniel is someone who knew what it was to have peace under great pressure because check this out Daniel was the king's favorite he had favor from God therefore he had favor with man and the Bible says he began to be promoted but there were some people that hated his promotion would you write down number one in your notes number one write this down these men were jealous of him and jealousy is scary oh my lord Anyone ever know someone, don't look at them if they're sitting next to you, who's jealous? I just saved some of y'all's lives right there. Come on, anybody know someone? Like, like they're just jealous. Like, jealous. Like, like, they even wrote a song, I feel like in the 90s, like, jealousy. Je- je- no? Okay. Um, don't judge me, I'm losing my voice, you know? <laughs> you ever sing a song and it sounds so good in your head until you say it? That just happened. And and jealousy is something that's horrible. Let me tell you what will happen when God begins to put favor on your life. Because many of us in this room, you are new to faith. So let me just help you out. As you are new to faith, or maybe you've been in faith for a while following Jesus, but you're just now like going all in. You're seeing God just give you favor. Not everyone is going to be happy with the favor of God on your life. Let me just say this, you have an enemy, the devil, who hates the favor of God on your life. Because he understands the favor comes out of your obedience. So every time you get blessed, it's because you have been obedient. And remember Joseph, several weeks ago, he passed the test. But there will be people who will be jealous of you, and that was what happened with Daniel. People were jealous of him, and so they tried to kill him. Now, let me just flip the script for a moment, because there are many of us in this room, that it's not that you're being hated on, but you're the hater. Oh, why'd you guys do that? I feel like I'm like at a poetry night, and they're like, ooh. You ever see that? They're like, "Oh, Please don't start that. No, we're not going to do that here at Break Church. No. And, um, and, and, and if you're not careful, watch this. If you have jealousy in your life, and you allow jealousy to operate in your life, watch this. Jealousy is so scary because jealousy will destroy everything in your life. Pastor, I don't believe you. Watch this. Look what scripture says in Proverbs 27, 4. Anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. Can I tell you, I can deal with someone with an anger issue, but when I I come across someone with jealousy issues, oh dear Jesus. Because how many of you know when someone is filled with jealousy, they will plot against you. They will strategize against you. They will scheme against you. They will lie about you. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? When there are people who don't like the favor of God on your life. Listen, that's why last week I told you that opposition doesn't mean that you're in the wrong place. It could mean that you are in the direction of favor in your life, but the enemy hates it. People hate it. And so it's a confirmation that you're going in the right direction. But can I just help us for a little bit? Because some of us really deal with this issue called jealousy. And I don't hear it talked a lot about a lot in churches. And I don't know why. Maybe pastors are afraid of people. I don't know. It's like the fourth time I preach this and it gets really quiet at this point of the service. And I just have come to realize it's okay if you don't preach back at this part. Because when a patient is having heart surgery, they aren't talking. Sometimes when God works on our heart, it takes us a moment just to process what God is doing in our heart. Because you didn't realize why some relationships have been destroyed in your life. And it's because you've been so jealous you've sabotaged them. You didn't realize that the reason why you go to bed angry at night is because you cannot stand the favor on someone else's life. Well, Pastor, how do I know that I have jealousy at work in my life? Look what it says um, in, in James chapter 3 verse 14 through 16. It says, but if you are bitterly jealous... If there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying and posting up fake pictures on Instagram. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I added that. (laughs) For jealousy, watch this, and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. In other words, God has a better way for you to live than just thinking about, just, uh, uh, such things are earthly and unspiritual. And watch this. They are, Demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you will find confusion and evil of every kind. Jealousy is saying, I want what you have. I want to be where you are. I want to be loved like your love. You know, envy and jealousy is destroying your life. When watch this, when you become negative, when you become withdrawn and when you start picking blessed people apart. You're like, well, well uh, why are they driving that kind of car? Why are they doing this? Why do they get to go on vacation? I haven't gone on vacation this year. Well, why are they getting the promotion? I don't understand it. Everyone's talking about how, much they're, how great they are and how much they love them. And you hear people talk about it, and you're like, oh yeah, hey, hey, guess what? You know, I was talking to them one time, and their breath stank. I smelt it. You know that you're dealing with envy and jealousy when you become negative toward people. You become withdrawn you begin to pick blessed people apart. Come on, Brave Church. How many of you know we are better than that kind of spirit? Come on, how many of you know that God has not called us to be envious of other people? Don't be looking and fantasizing about what somebody else has. Put your head down. Go to work. Obey God. Get the favor of God on your life. And watch God prosper you. And people will begin to soon look at you and say, I want what you have. (laughs) You see, how do you combat... A jealous heart. You combat a jealous heart, watch this, with a thankful heart. So instead of saying, man, I want to be where they are, you should say, you know what, God, I thank you where I am right now. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my family. I don't want their family. Their family's crazy. Mine is too, but not as theirs is really I'm thankful for my I'm thankful for the roof over my head I'm thankful for the car I drive I thank you for for the money in my bank account Jesus it could be a little bit more but I'm just thankful for it I'm thankful for where I am at this point in part of my life and I'm thankful that I'm not where I'm going to be and I'm on a destination for greater things and God I'm going to do the hard work to get there I'm going to stop looking at what other people have and being jealous of them I'm going to begin to plow my own field. You see, you know what? Jealousy, jealousy is so scary because it causes you to focus on other people and you stop focusing on yourself and what God wants to do in you. So Daniel is here and he, there's these jealous people and they're trying to sabotage them. And all of a sudden, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 6, and he's a, they can't get Daniel, they can't trap him because he's faithful, he's trustworthy, and he's a good worker. But they say, we can get him by his faith. Watch this. Daniel chapter 6, verse 6. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, long live the king, Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Okay, what's the law? King, give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, whether they're human or they're divine, except for you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. Yeah, I just said that. They had dens of lions back then. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked, so King Darius signed the law. What happened here? Write this down, number two. Ego precedes destruction. In other words, ego comes before destruction. What did they do? They went to King Darius... And they tricked King Darius into signing a law that would cause him to have to kill his number two person in the entire nation. Someone he loved, someone he respected, someone he admired, and most important, someone who was innocent. How did they do it? They began to stroke his ego. Hey, King! Majesty! You're so good looking, King. You're the best king in the whole world. King, you've been losing some weight. You've been hitting the iron. What's up, man? got that tan going on, skinny jeans, first time I've seen you in skinny jeans. look at good. And they begin to compliment him and they begin to stroke his ego. Listen, another word for ego is this word pride. So we talked about jealousy. can we go a little bit deeper? Pride is a dangerous thing and all of us deal with it at some point and at some level in our life. Pride, scripture says, is so dangerous that it says in proverbs, Chapter 16, verse 18, before destruction comes, pride comes. In other words, watch this. Before you mess your life up, pride has already been messing your mind up. Pride tells you you're untouchable. Pride tells you, you don't need to listen to anyone else. Pride tells you, you're better than everyone else. Pride tells you, I'm good for this. I deserve this. I've worked hard for this. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to go there. And nothing is going to happen. And can I tell you, men in the room, we deal with pride at an all-time level. Come on. Where's the men at? You just got quiet oh man. Because we have this machismo thing. Let me just tell you, men. Because, you know... Y'all didn't know I knew that word, did you? <laughs> Pastor's got verbiage tonight. I sure do. Because, because we're taught as men, like, man, just take it on the chin. You need to make it happen. You, need, you don't need anybody else. Just you're the king of your domain. But what we forget is that every car has blind spots. That's why there's a passenger seat. Because you would be driving your car and you've got someone just on the way here today. We were, we were driving and my daughter was in the passenger seat. And I'm about to turn over to the next lane. And she goes, whoa, dad, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, my God. And we jerked back over. I couldn't see the car, but she could see it. You need someone in your life who can see the blind spots in your life. You need someone that says, oh, 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 "Oh, that relationship that you're in is going to destroy you, bro. You need to get rid of home girl. Hey, 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 hey. That that thing that you're doing, that party you're going to, hey, 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 hey. Those people you're hanging out with, hey, hey, hey. That attitude you have, hey, hey, hey. That gossip, that jealousy, if you're not careful, it will destroy you. Every person in this room, that's why you need Brave Life and you need dinner parties. You need people around you who can look at your life and say, "Hey, I love you, but watch out." Show me someone who is filled with pride. Show me someone who destroys their life. And I'll show you someone who thinks that they're too good for someone to speak into their life. So pride affects King Darius. You know what's so crazy about this is that Proverbs 7, it's an Old Testament book, a book of wisdom, talks about a young man who destroyed his life. And he didn't destroy his life because there was a good looking woman um, because of her looks. He destroyed his life because of the words she spoke to him. Watch what this says in Proverbs 7. Let me deviate from Daniel for a second. It says this. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. In other words, she stroked his ego. Hey, y'all. Watch this. Brave church. Six o'clock. I know this doesn't cause you to stand up and preach back. That's okay. But be careful of people who just want to flatter you with their words. I got one preach and a bunch of these. (laughs) He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. (laughs) Wow. He was like a stag caught in a trap awaiting the arrow, watch this, that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. Listen to me. Pride will destroy you. Pastor, how do I combat pride? How about this? Write these words down. Humility. Authenticity. And grace. The humility enough to know that, God, I can't do this without you. God, I need you in my life. I'm I'm nothing without you. King Darius let his ego get to him, and it brought destruction to one of his best friends, his number two in the entire nation. how How do I deal with this? Write this down in application. Don't live life based on your ego. Live life based on your convictions. So let me just wrap this story up. Daniel has convictions. Daniel's not led by his ego. He has convictions. He believes in God. He trusts God with his life. And so they said this. We know Daniel prays three times a day. We can see him because his window is open. Pass the law so that it's against the law for him to pray to his God. So King Darius passes the law. Daniel knows that they've passed the law, and the scripture says this in verse number 10, but Daniel knew that the law had been signed, so he went home, watch this? Oh, I love this. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, and with the windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks. God. Daniel said, I don't care what laws you guys sign. I don't care what you would say about my God. I'm going to worship my God. Because I don't follow culture. I create culture. I'm not led by my ego. I'm led by my convictions. And there is no law. There is no person. There's no come on. There's no influence that's going to keep me from coming on a Sunday night. That's going to keep me from worshiping my God. Can I tell you, you do not have to bow to the pressure in our culture, in your friend circle, in what's happening in society. Daniel was someone who said, I don't care what culture says. It's not moving me from my devotion to God. Look, Daniel could have prayed where he was at and closed the window. And he may have been okay with God to do it. But Daniel says, I'm not changing anything. Before the law, the window is open. And guess what? After the law, the window is open. Because I know that my God is going to take care of me. He's going to provide for me. And he has given favor in my life. Now watch this. Watch this. It gets crazy. Daniel was saying, I'm going to create culture by number three. Write this down. By making some holy habits. You have some bad habits? Anybody have some bad habits? Come on. Don't get 10 o'clock on me right now. Let's go. <laughs> I've got some bad habits. How about we begin some new habits? Pastor David, how do I have that kind of conviction? You've got to have some godly habits, some holy habits in your life. Like holy habits, like what? Like what, what's a holy habit, Pastor David? Check this out. How about this? Make it a holy habit that Sunday night at 6 p.m. It's non-negotiable. That's when I go to church. Like you go to work every day. You go to school. You go to the gym. It's a habit. You eat every day, right? Yeah. Like, everything else in our life, whether intentional or not intentional is habitual. Like, everything is, like, you get up, chances are, at the same time every day. You put on your shoes and you get dressed in the same order every day. Some of you just realize, you're like, oh my God, that's so scary. I do. Like, you brush your teeth, at like, before the shower or after the shower? In the shower. Gross. I don't know. But we're people of habit. But how about your holy habits? Do you have holy habits in your life? Like for me, a holy habit is I'm in church every single Sunday. It's a habit of mine. It's not non-negotiable. You're like, oh, pastor, you think you're going to trick us you're in church because you're a pastor? (laughs) Hey, bro, he almost got us on that one, yeah. No, no, can I tell you, I wasn't always, I was not born a pastor, (laughs) y'all. Like I had a job, I was in business, worked tons of hours, had 152 employees. Kids, family, responsibilities. And there's always a habit for me. That's for me in my house. Sunday's non-negotiable. Aren't you glad like church services aren't like three hours long anymore? Come on. (laughs) Can I tell you? It's become such a habit. I'm not trying to project my habits on you. I'm just telling you. Even when I'm on vacation, I go to church. Because it's just a habit in my life. I need this, not because I'm weak, I need this because I want to become strong. I need this because when we gather together like this, something happens in a community of faith like this. You can't get on YouTube, you can't get on your TV by watching anyone else, like there's something when we get into a room, we make an effort to be here, worship God together, laugh together cry together feel conviction together have heart surgery together there's something about this place when we gather together that when we have a holy habit where we say god i'm going to put you first in my week and i'm going to honor you like like even when, i've been on vacation recently with with my family and it's crazy because i'm like all right guys today we're just going to go do we had like this plan you know we're in church all the time we're not going to go to church today and then we woke up and my son Brent's like hey dad we're going to church I'm like shoot man we're going to church we ended up going to three services that Sunday and I love it I love the house of God come on there's just something about gathering with God's people it's a holy habit pastor but you don't have to go to church to be a Christian yet but you know what you need church to stay a Christian If I can be as authentic and as real as I can be without you and without me gathering with you, my faith will begin to diminish. But I leave on Sunday night, and I guess I'm lucky because I get to be in four experiences with you. Did I leave on Sunday night, and some of you want service, isn't enough? Some of you need to learn to double dip, man. I leave Sunday night exhausted because I preach my heart out but I leave ready for Monday man I leave here ready to tell the devil devil it doesn't matter what you bring my way baby I've got God with me the father the son the holy spirit I'm ready for battle I'm battle ready I believe if God's word is true and it teaches about the tithe, that when you give God the first 10%, he will bless you. I have tithe ever since I was 16 years old and I had my first job at Gold's Gym. The blessing has lasted, but the workout, (laughs) that's extremely painful. I've never missed, watch this, I've never missed a tithe since I was 16 years old. And God has blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. Well, Pastor, why do you have it just deducted automatically? Because every time I get paid, it seems like Nike drops a new Air Force One. Come on. It's just not right. (laughs) How about this as a holy habit? Watch this. Just reading God's word. Every day listening to worship this morning Sundays I wake up super early 5.30 a.m. my alarm went off to some praise and worship to some planet sheeners some of the songs that we're listening to I wake up to that environment it's a habit of mine every day I wake up to that I don't wake up to Khalid I don't wake up to Kanye I wake up to Jesus I wake up to authority I wake up to power I wake up and I put on my spiritual man some practical things you can do every time I leave the house I will leave Apple Music playing with worship in my house I tell the kids turn off all the lights Turn off everything, but leave the TV on. Why? Because, you know, when I come back into my house, there has been worship that's been in my house and the presence of God. So, like, I open the door, and some of you will come home from a stressful day at school, a stressful day at work, and then you come into your dorm room, you come into your apartment, you come into your house, and all of a sudden the presence of God is there. And all of a sudden there is peace under pressure. All of a sudden you have joy under pressure. All of a sudden you're a warrior again. jokers passing these laws you think you're gonna get me no way because i don't follow culture i create culture i think it'd be great if there would be some new culture created in some of our homes starting tonight you know what we're gonna pray together before everyone goes to bed come on that's a great thing to create culture in your home come on begin to ask god god show me some other things So, so check this out what happened to daniel they catch daniel get him on Instagram video, they show the king hey, push play on this, we caught Daniel praying, and the king knows that he has to come through on his word so they take Daniel, and they throw him in the lion's den, now these are ferocious lions, these are, are hungry lions, these are hangry lions, anybody ever been more than hungry, and you were hangry anybody hangry right now, okay, keep your hand up, if you're sitting next to someone, lay hands on them right now, and say, just do do don't do it don't do That's like real Pentecostal right there. Jesus. And these lions are hangry. And the king is like, what have I done? They they close the the lid of the lion's den and the king goes back to his palace. Scripture says he's pacing back and forth until daybreak. As soon as it's daybreak, he runs to the the lion's den. and He says, remove the lid. And he yells down into this lion's den, Daniel! Oh God. Alive, Daniel. God is not saying anything. Daniel, look what it says. Verse number 21. Daniel answered, Hey King, long live the King. Daniel, are you alive? Don't worry, King. Because my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. I'm not hurt. Look at me because I've been found innocent in God's sight. And I've not even wronged you, King. I haven't even wronged you, Your Majesty. Come on, somebody needs to praise God and shout to God that in the middle of your story, God will show up in the middle of your biggest pain. God will show up in the middle of the strongest pressure. God will show up in the middle of the craziest and wildest storm. God is a God. And you see the kids like, some of you are like, why did God just save him before they threw him into the lion's den? That would have been so much easier. If like right when they're about to throw him, it's like, come on God, I've been faithful. One, two, three, go. No? Okay. Um. No, no, no. They threw him in the lion's den. And I can imagine Daniel down there. And instead of the lion's like, rah, just ripping him to shreds. Daniel's down there petting. Hey, good you In the middle of the night, Daniel's like, man, these, these guys haven't even opened their mouth once. I'm getting kind of tired I think I'm gonna lay down on one of them for a pillow you see some of us have been asking God to save us from the lion's den. God doesn't want to save you from the lion's den. he wants to save you in the lion's den. because if he saves you from the storm you will not see how big of a God he is in the storm doesn't, come on, some of you need to thank God for the pressure right now. Because the pressure you're in, you thought was going to eat you alive. But God says, I'm going to protect you in the middle of your biggest nightmare. See, God will show up for you. I love scripture in Psalm 30 verse 5. It says, weeping may last for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Can I tell you, that's not even the greatest part of this whole story. The Bible says this, that the king says, pick Daniel out of the lions, and they pick him up out of the lions then, and he's completely untouched. Daniel, it's a miracle, and Daniel says, I told you, you cannot curse what God blesses, king you can throw me in the lion's den you can throw me in a fiery furnace you can do what you want but God is going to protect me I've come to tell somebody in this room tonight that listen, there is nobody who can sabotage you and destroy the purpose and the future of God on your life God will protect you God will show up for you God loves to show up and show off God is just waiting for you to let your faith begin to take action right now some of you right now need to lift up your hands to your neighbor and say, God's going to show up. He's going to show up. You know what I've learned about God? I'm going to close right here. God is never early. Don't you wish like God would like show up a little bit earlier sometimes? But guess what? God is never late. Trust Him in the whole process. That while you're going through it, God is letting something go through you. He's doing something. Come on. He's making you stronger than you ever knew you could be. Write this down. Here's my last point. My last point is this. When you stand up for God, others will kneel down for God. Look what it says in verse number 26. The king pulls Daniel out. I'm going to close with this. He says, look what God has done. Because of that I decree today a new law that everyone throughout my kingdom will fear and fall down and kneel before the God of Daniel watch this he commanded everyone in the kingdom will kneel before God when you stand up for God people will kneel before God can I tell you watch this people are watching your life more people are watching you than you can ever imagine. Can I tell you, because of your life, some of you have friends that are coming to know Jesus because you're standing up for God. They're watching you. They're like, man, something's different about you. And you're telling, man, God's doing something in my life. I'm a part of Brave Church. May God is just doing it. And you're not weird about it. It's just powerful. It's real. Something's real in your life. And your friends are seeing it. Because you stand up for God, watch this. Some of your families are going to be saved. Because you're standing up for God, your friends will be saved. Because you're standing up for God, our city will be saved. Because we're standing up for God in Miami, I believe there's revival in our nation. Anybody believe that today? When you stand up for God, others kneel down before God. With every head bowed, and every eye closed, I want to pray for you. Because here's what I know is that there are many of you today that you're under pressure you want peace under pressure and some of you have been under pressure and you've, you've changed like like you've compromised like you've taken steps forward in God but because of the pressure from your friends or family or whatever you're beginning to like take steps back away. come on I hope you can see in Daniel's life that yet sometimes you're the only one standing up but soon if you keep pursuing and you keep persistent, you won't be the only one standing up for God for long. I just want to speak over this congregation tonight, this crowd. I just want to prophesy something over you. That there are people in this room that God has anointed you with great influence. There are people in this room that God says that I want to give you greater influence in your life than you could ever dream of or imagine. That thousands will be influenced. Tens of thousands will be influenced by your life. But God says this, I can only use you to the level that I can trust you. And I believe that God is wanting there to be Daniels, rise up in this room, who will say, God, I'm not gonna follow culture, but I'm gonna create culture so that my influence can be saved, so that my influence can be changed. So you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I need peace under the pressure. I don't want to cave. I don't want to compromise. I don't want to live by my ego. I want to live by convictions. And if that's you tonight, maybe it's a financial pressure, school pressure, relationship. There's a struggle. There's a broken heart. There's some kind of issue that expands. There's this pressure. There's this pressure. I want peace under pressure. If that's you, all across this room, on the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Come on, lift your hand. Up, keep it up would you do something if you feel comfortable would you lift the other hand and it's like a, a, an act of surrender to God God tonight I thank you for my friends in this room I thank you Lord that right now you can bring peace come on right there where you are will you just ask God say God give me peace God, I pray for peace over minds, peace over emotions, peace over, over just situations that we're facing this week. God, I pray for peace. I pray for peace under the pressure. God, I pray that you would show up big in our lives. God, we just thank you right now for the strength. Come on. I want you to thank him for the strength to stand. God, I thank you that we're going to leave here more powerful, stronger, better than ever before. Our faith is growing like that. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.